2: If you see them inside, it's probably too late. Termites, that is. Notorious Timbertooth Ted and his swarm of outlaws are always on the trail to the next meal, which might just be your house. But these home wreckers are no match for Terminex, with quick draw expertise and specialized training guaranteed to protect your home. That's been the truth around here for 75 years, and it ain't
1: gonna change.
2: Visit trustterminex.com to keep these pesky outlaws dead or outside.
1: Hey there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 505 of the Duke Basketball Report Podcast. I have to I'm Jason Evans, and I have to say We have gotten emails from people over the past several days since Duke, unfortunately lost to end their season. We've gotten plenty of emails from listeners who are like, Hey, you guys should do this topic or that topic. And there are a lot of interesting suggestions, but there's one suggestion, one topic that we've gotten way more emails about than anything else. That is people who want us to guess, speculate, and perhaps look into a crystal ball and figure out what is happening with next year's Duke roster here At the DBR and among Duke fans, wait till next year. (laughs) It lives absolutely in our minds and in our hearts. The moment the season is over, we are looking ahead to what the bright future is for the Blue Devils, and specifically in the one-and-done era for the past decade, decade and a half at Duke, the question is, which of these guys are going to turn pro and which guys are going to stay? So we are about to bring it to you. Get ready. It's about to happen. Again, I'm Jason. I'm joined by Sam and Donald, neither of whom are where you would normally expect to find them. Sam, where are you?
0: Uh, still in the mountains in Colorado, still on my ski trip. Uh, I'm, I'm changing trip mates today. My brother was here with me. He's leaving. I have a few friends coming up who are going to be with me for the weekend. So other than that, I'm still in the same place that I was uh, most recently. But, but not correct, in Boston. I, am, I correct. I am not home.
1: <laughs> How's the powder been, by the way?
0: Oh my God. It's been so good this week. I I actually, so today's the fourth day we've been here. I was going to go, I actually did make it out to the mountain this morning. And then I quit after a few minutes because I've been skiing really hard for the last three days. And, uh, my twice repaired, uh, surgically repaired knee doesn't really like to ski four days in a row. So I got on the mountain. I was on like my first run and I was like, my legs are not capable of this today. So I quit and went back home. Uh, and so I have plenty of time to record with you all today. Plus self awareness. Yes. A, a thing which I often uh, lack uh, self awareness. But today, nice. for one day, uh, my body made me aware of, of how I feel.
1: Very nice. Donald Wine is with us. Donald, what exotic Caribbean locale are you in?
0: So I think the last time I
1: talked to
2: you guys, I was in St. Vincent. Yes, uh, you, and Sam had a dis- and you and Sam had a
1: discussion about whether St. Vincent is a harbor for financial criminals, I believe. <laughs> yes, they're, they're, not, they're not, not criminals no, if there's it's no not
0: illegal.
2: <laughs> there's, there's no finances there. Uh, I am now in Grenada. Uh, I was supposed to be in Grenada yesterday, but uh, the airline that I was flying, InterCaribbean caribbean uh, decided they weren't going to fly yesterday. So I had to stay another night in paradise to fly to another paradise Uh, but I am now here in Grenada is a great, great country. And it's been, it's been beautiful so far.
0: And because the listeners can't see it because we haven't pivoted to YouTube yet. Thank God. Uh, Donald uh, (laughs) Donald's rocking a, a, a Jersey today. So he's got his shoulders out and, uh, (laughs) My, oh, he's go. Oh, is, is it what? What is this? U.S. soccer
2: jersey. This- so it's so the USA. It's it's a USA tank top that I got for like fifteen dollars. It has USA on the back. I'm not going to show you guys my back. That's just not how we're going to do. But um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where uh, they made them for the Olympics, and uh, this was back in I think night 2016, and I got this for fifteen dollars, and I was like, yo, this is something I can wear in the tropics anywhere I go and is sure it, enough I'm correct is it I yeah
0: I, I do have my I do have my video calibrated is it is the the jersey pink or is it red no it's red it's red
2: it's definitely red okay has, for those of you uh reading it has some sublimated stars on it it has a Nike a big Nike swoosh on the front a big, swo- it's on, a the big back, swoosh. It, on the back it's blue and it says USA on
0: it nice yeah my uh I, I'm I'm partially colorblind so I have my computer screen uh, calibrated to uh, make it easier for me to read. So, oh yeah, look, reds look like pinks to me. Uh, reds look like, that makes yeah. sense. That definitely makes sense.
1: All right, guys. Enough about what we're wearing. Enough. We're about done. Where we are.
0: All right. Well, that's been episode whatever of the Duke basketball report.
1: <laughs> Good to see you guys. Talk to you. <laughs> uh, no, we we've got other important stuff to discuss here, and I, I just want to lay out for everyone exactly how we're going to be doing this. So we're going to be discussing every player on the current Duke roster who could return for next year. And we are going to essentially predict, all three of us, will they stay, will they go pro, or will they take the transfer portal and leave? And here's the other important thing you need to know from a logistical a logistical standpoint. Uh, there are going to be two of these episodes. So if you're listening to this one and you haven't listened to the next one, the next one will be coming along in a matter of hours probably. Or if you're listening Dude. to the next one and you're not listening to this one, then I don't even know what I'm saying to you. But when you listen to the next one, you'll hear me reference this one. What, Jason's
2: mean, what, what Jason means is this is a two-part episode. We're going to give you two episodes of the funk. We're going to tell you every single player on this team what they're going to do.
0: And if you want to learn what every single player wants to do, you need to listen to both episodes. And can I add one comment before we get into the Please. actual details of this? In the past, like, Seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, it feels like we've gone from discussing whether or not the guy is going to leave for the NBA as being like a completely taboo subject that nobody wants to talk to now everyone just being much more like free and transactional about the thing like, yeah, so and so it might make the most sense for him to transfer. Not that not that I don't like him or that I don't think that he could eventually develop here, but but that this this might be the best thing for him. And I am very glad that we have reached this place.
2: Sam, I think this is the first time we've actually done one of these speculation episodes. We usually just wait for the players to decide what they're going to do. You know, again, you know, go pro, stay or transfer. And then we discuss it when it happens. But this is the first time we've actually gone on and said, yo, we're going to just like we're just going to decide for ourselves what they want to do, what they may want to do, what we want them to do. It's a speculation episode. This is the first time we've really tapped into this market.
1: And, and the last thing I want to say before we dive into this is, and I want to be very clear. Yes, we have gotten some emails from people who claim to know things. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I've spoken to some people, not email, but you know, physically spoken to some people, people in Durham who claim to know things. I, I don't want to say, I don't want to go so far as to say, oh, this is sources close to the team or anything like that. We are we don't have speculating. Have sources. <laughs> we are absolutely speculating.
0: I, I, I would say we are we are speculating and also making I'd say educated guesses that are educated not yes, not, yes, not, yes, not yes. necessarily informed by by real sources.
1: Right. That is correct. But don't take it as gospel. If all if all three of us say something, that doesn't mean it's necessarily gonna happen. No, that,
0: that that's way. the whole that's the whole point. We exactly.
2: we reserve the right to be wrong, and we also reserve the right to be absolutely right. Like we reserve all of that. If we're wrong, we're right.
0: Email us dbrpodcast@gmail.com. If if we didn't have bad opinions, would we
1: even be men? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. not going to get into a discussion of that. We're not gonna
0: I'm, do- I'm, do- I'm <laughs> I quit. Right. <laughs> uh,
1: enough of this. Enough of this. We're, we got to dive in. We got to get started on this. Let's go. Let's go. And we're beginning with the guards and wings. That's the way we're dividing this up. We'll be doing five slash guards/wings and then we'll have another episode where we'll be doing five big men. And for the sake of balancing things out, Derek Whitehead goes with the guards and wings. Mark Mitchell goes with the big men. You can make an argument that Mark Mitchell is more of a wing or that Derek Whitehead is more of a b- – whatever. This is just how we did it. One of them, shot more, th- one of them shot more threes than the other one, so that guy gets to go with the guards and wings. Which
2: one is Spencer Hubbard going? He's with the guards, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, make it easy. Just make it
1: easy. Yeah, look, I, by the way, I don't want to slight Spencer Hubbard or Stanley Borden, but we're not going to be discussing them on this podcast. The presumption, I think, is that walk-ons – uh, likely return to Duke, regardless of the fact that they are walk-ons and don't get very much time. And yeah, that's traditionally what's happened. And the occasion recently where Keenan Worthington and Coach K's grandson left the team and transferred someplace, it really doesn't affect the team tremendously in terms of what we see on the floor.
0: All right. I, I was going to make a Nepo baby joke, but but we, we skated right through it, so.
1: There we go. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get to it. And we're going to begin with Probably the biggest decision that Duke fans are waiting for among the guards and wings, Tyrese Proctor. Uh, And I want to be clear. Here's how we're doing this, because I'm in complete charge. I'm in complete control at the moment. No, I'm not. Uh, In any event, I'm going to ask each of you to give me two things, and then we'll have a discussion. Those two things are, what will he do? What should he do? Just give me those, like a sentence or so on each one, and then we will have a longer discussion. Donald, I will start with you. Your candidate is Tyrese Proctor. What will he do? What should he do?
2: Okay, I'll start with what should he do? He should stay.
1: Donald, um, I just told you, give it to me. The-
2: <laughs>
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: Following instructions I, I, is famously something
0: that lawyers do poorly. We, we, I I was going to follow him. I just didn't do it in order. You know, this KFC, you know, chicken, doesn't do
2: chicken doesn't, right.
0: doesn't abide by parallel structure.
2: Doesn't, yeah. So, what should he do? He should stay. What will he do? I think he does stay. I think he's I think he's going to stay and I think he's going to, uh, you know, kind of realize that, I mean, if you think about it, he should be a senior in high school right now, right? He should be graduating with a senior high school class right now. I think he realizes that. And I think even despite the good year that he did have, I think he has the potential to have a year where he can be one of the best players, one of the best point guards in the nation and i think he takes advantage of that.
1: Okay, uh, again, not the long discussion. We're just going to do the what will he do, what should he do? Sam, Tyrese <laughs> Proctor, what will he do? What should he do? Donald has voted he will stay and he should stay.
0: I concur with Donald that Tyrese Proctor's best move would be yeah. I uh, why didn't i just concur? I concur that Tyrese Proctor should stay at Duke next season and that he will stay at Duke next season. The one reason I think that he would choose to leave and, and I'm going to do the very quick commentary and then we, then you can come back and ask me again. The one reason that he could choose to leave is that if Roach stays and Duke has two combo guards coming in, there won't be as many touches next year. And between Proctor and Roach, I think the honest thing is that Proctor is a better NBA prospect long-term than Jeremy Roach is. And Proctor does not want to hold himself back from showing off for NBA teams, being on a team where he may get fewer touches. That being said, I believe that next season he'll be the starting point guard. He'll have the ball in his hands a ton, and he will have plenty of opportunities, no matter who is on the roster, to demonstrate his abilities for the NBA.
1: All right. So my turn now, and I'm going to differ from you guys a little bit. What will he do? I believe Tyrese Proctor will stay at Duke. I'm with you guys on that. What should he do? I believe that Tyrese Proctor should declare for the NBA draft. He should go to the Combine if he gets invited to it. He should talk with as many NBA scouts as he can. Because if there's a team that says, you know what, Tyrese, we're going to take you with a first-round draft pick, which is not – I don't think that's likely, but it's not impossible, especially if he has good workouts. If there's a team that says we're going to take you with a first-round draft pick, I think Tyrese Proctor needs to declare for the NBA draft. All right, guys don't now we can have our long discussion about this. and Sam, I'll let you go first. I'm, I'm betting you want to respond to what I just said.
0: Well, I was looking at the sort of consensus NBA mock drafts earlier today, trying to get a because I'm not none of us are mock draft specialists, right? Uh, I don't I don't actually have a sense and I feel like I've gotten worse at this over the years of watching guys during the season and then saying like, oh yeah, he's probably here in the draft. I, I have no idea anymore. Tyrese Proctor does not appear on any of the mock drafts that I was looking at today. I don't know if there are ones that you guys have found that do have him, but he doesn't appear. And I feel like Duke players are so prominent in college basketball coverage that the odds that a Duke player goes from not appearing on mock drafts to like getting a workout is like, I'm sure he's he'll be able to get workouts. That's part of the benefit of going to Duke is that you make all these connections and and even if it's just that the GMs are, are Duke guys, they'll work out all the Duke guys who are who are available. I don't think that a Duke player who isn't appearing in mock drafts in late March is going to rocket into the third into the first round as so, a result of of workouts.
1: So allow me to explain very quickly and then I'll let Donald get in. The reason I believe Tyrese Proctor is not appearing in mock drafts is because the presumption is that he's coming back. And guys who are putting mock drafts together are not saying, "Okay, who are the best players of everyone available to be drafted?" They're saying, "Who are the best players that we think will be drafted?" If you look at, there are some people who do, "Hey, here's my top 100 or whatever. Here's my list of guys if everyone was eligible." Uh, And on those lists, Tyrese Proctor does show up. Now he shows up, you know, in the forties, fifties, and sixties, which is clearly second round kind of area, which is a place where I think he doesn't want to go. But I I think the reason you don't see him, the reason you don't see him on the mock drafts is that everyone's presuming he's going to come back to school. Donald, go ahead. And then I've got one more comment about Proctor's.
2: Yeah. So Jason, you mentioned that, you know, and, and I agree with you in this, right? Normally for a normal, you know, player who was uh, thinking about declaring for the draft you say yeah declare don't have an agent and let's you know talk to the NBA see what you're gonna like go to the combine get the feedback from the NBA but I feel like with Tyrese Proctor he's a little different because if you remember he was in the NBA academy in Australia so he has those contacts he doesn't have to declare the draft to call those people and say hey where would I go in the draft so i feel like if he does declare for the draft he knows that he's going in the first round i don't think he's going in the first round jason just like you said you mentioned that he's going to be probably in the top 40 or 50 of all of the prospects that are available and that would mean likely a second round i feel like he would be in a second round right now if he were to declare for the draft i think he knows that because he has the contacts already he doesn't have to and that coupled on top of duke's contacts right like It's not like Duke Duke has the best contacts of any, you know, college in the country. He's able to probably determine that right now. And I feel like in his particular case, he's able to say, hey, I already know that I need work in these areas. And I can do that by coming back. But Also, he comes back with the expectations of being one of the best point guards in the country. One of the best, you know, one of the best players in the ACC. He can, you know, fight some of his teammates. That may come back for postseason ACC awards. He's going to be a guy that has that information already. And I think in his case, he doesn't have to test the waters to do that. He can test the waters while still saying, I'm going to remain in college.
1: So the last thing I'll say about Proctor, even though I'm the guy sitting here saying, oh, he should, he should check and see if he's going to get, if he can get a first round guarantee, is that if Tyrese Proctor comes back to Duke, It is worth noting that most experts consider the 2024 NBA draft class to be considerably weaker than the 2023 NBA draft class. And there are plenty of people who say that Tyrese Proctor, if he has the season that many people think he could have next year at Duke, that he can vault himself all the way into the lottery, maybe into the top half of the lottery, and that there frankly is no one, no one in that 2024 draft class that screams this guy's absolutely the number one pick. And there are people out there who say it's not unimaginable that Tyrese Proctor turns himself into a top three, top five potential number one pick. If he has the the year, some people think he could have. So that would be a reason, you know, that he should definitely consider coming back to Duke as I contradict myself. And Sam, point
2: guards are always and point guards are always in, in season, right? It's not like where we have yeah. the cyclical, Do we need a big man? Do we not need a big man? Do we need a four, stretch four, whatever? Point guards are always in season.
0: One more thing that maybe we should have discussed earlier, uh, given that we're talking about the guards this episode, there are two, really three names that Duke fans should be aware of in the context of this when we're talking about all of these guards' decisions, and those are the three recruits' uh, signees that Duke has coming in next year, presumably coming in unless they change their minds, But that's and all three of them. Are five stars.
1: Uh I think well, wait, wait, we, we have we have four or five stars coming in, but there's right. three, four three f- guys on the perimeter.
0: There are five. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh two perimeter guys, five five star coming, five five yeah. stars coming yeah. in. Uh Jared McCain and Caleb Foster, both of whom, by virtue of being five stars, you know, are the types of guys that would that would expect to start in, in most situations. They know they're coming to Duke. They committed to Duke before, at least publicly, uh before. Either Proctor or Roach had decided what they were doing next year, and presumably those guys, given their scouting evaluations, would be able to slot into the one and two in some combination next year fairly easily, uh, you know, given that it's going from high school to college, et cetera. Uh, so the context of Proctor and then Roach, who I know we're going to get to next, is that McCain and Foster are are coming. And one of the questions I think that'll be most interesting for both Proctor and Roach is, do they think that they are going to be set up well by playing next to or, you know, against in practice, these two guys who who also have NBA aspirations? Does it ease the burden on Tyrese Proctor that he can focus more on? Whatever thing it is, if it's improving his outside shot, whether it's his decision-making with the ball, whether it's his defense, which is already very good, but maybe the thing that gets him drafted, is it better for him to be on a team with other guys that can shoulder some of that load, or does he feel like it takes some of the spotlight away? And that, I think, is is also part of the calculus here. All
1: right, That's an excellent point, Sam, and I'm glad that you made it, but in the interest of this episode not going for two hours... I'm going to go ahead and move us on from the Tyrese Proctor conversation to the Jeremy Roach conversation. Sam, I will go to you first. Again, the question is what will he do and what should he do? I think that Jeremy
0: Roach should stay in college. And the reason that I feel this way is that he's, he's finished his junior year. He's had moments of greatness at Duke. The run to the final four in 2022 he was amazing. There were games recently, uh, especially since he's been moved off point guard duties, where he has really shined for Duke. He was a big scorer for Duke down the stretch. His defense has improved a ton. As I look at mock drafts, I I don't see him there. And so while I believe he has accomplished a lot at Duke, I think that coming back for a senior year, even more so than than for Proctor, I think would be great for Jeremy Roach's legacy. And he will be like <laughs> a very popular guy at Duke next year, NIL money, et cetera. I think he should stay. I feel like we've we've heard a lot of rumors over the last few months that he is planning to leave. And so my prediction is that he will go,
1: but I believe that he should stay. Donald, where are you going on this one?
2: I think that he should stay in college. I don't think he's going to stay in college. I don't know if, like, there's been rumors up the gambit, right, about him transferring, about him going pro, like you're trying to at least declare him for the NBA draft, maybe going to Europe. Um, I, I think he's going to go pro in some fashion. He's going to at least attempt to go pro in some fashion. But I do think he should stay in college. I do think he should stay and ride it out here at Duke. And, I mean, he's the captain. He was the lo- one of the lone captains, right? There may have been guys who had leadership responsibilities, but he was the lone official captain of Duke basketball, Duke men's basketball. I should say, and I think that he should ride that out and be the captain for his senior year here at Duke.
1: All right, so my turn. I will say he will leave Duke and become a pro basketball player. I'm not sure where he will become a pro basketball player. I, he'll, he'll, I think he'll try. He hopes to get the attention of an NBA team, but I think it may be that he's a pro basketball player elsewhere. That's what I think he will do. What should he do? I think he should leave Duke and go to a different school. And by that, I think I, I think he should be a a point guard somewhere. And I think that the development of Tyrese Proctor, the arrival of Caleb Foster and Jared McCain, all of those things really complicate Jeremy Roach's ability to play point guard at Duke. And I think, given his size, his future in pro basketball is as a point guard. And so that's why I think he should find a different school to go to, to work on being a point guard. And there are certainly plenty of big time programs that would take Jeremy Roach and hand him the keys and let him be a point guard.
0: It's so weird to think about a guy spending three years in the program and then, especially a guy who's been a captain, to then go play at another school. But Jason, maybe you're just ahead of me in the progression of like changing the way that we think about this, because there's no way in the you know in in the pre-player endorsements world that a guy like Jeremy Roach is leaving for anything other than the pros right he's staying at duke to cement his legacy or he's he's like Grayson Allen right it's is not exactly in the same scenario but similar in terms of he's he's been very productive uh he's very popular on the team he has not been the star of the team at least not after his junior year neither of them were were the star of the team uh, after their junior year and Grayson Allen like just Came back. There was no thought like, "Oh, maybe Grayson Allen will transfer to some other school." It it, it is a thing now. Uh, I can't imagine Jeremy Roach's parents wearing anything other than those Duke jerseys that they that they wear to every game. And and I hope wherever if he does go, that he goes somewhere close enough that uh, all the announcers can talk about how far of a drive it was from uh, from Leesburg to. You know, speculate on your on your school your destination. I hope he doesn't do that because uh, I, I he feels like a Duke guy to me but maybe I'm being precious about something that is, that is now in the past.
2: So it's funny, right? Like it's, it's not 100% similar, but I'm, this is the Jordan Goldwire track, right? Like Jordan Goldwire, he stayed at Duke for a few years and then he went to Oklahoma and was a starting, you know, guard for well, the but, team, but right?
1: Goldwire was at Duke for four years. There's a difference in the guys who do the, f-
2: like f- I said, it's not a hundred percent similar, but it feels that way. Right. It feels like a similar track. And I hope that's not the case, right? Because I feel like, Sam, like you said, he he feels like 100% Duke. He feels like he's the captain. Like, there's a reason why he's the only official captain of the team. And I think that him leaving is kind of not necessarily slap in the face or anything like that, but it just feels like a gut punch because, yo, your lone captain is leaving because he's not getting playing time or he wants to find his way elsewhere. I feel like if he's leaving he should leave to go pro. And and I like he he's done a lot for the university. He's, you know, been one of the stalwarts for this team for the last few years and you know the fact that he you know we had rumors of him transferring last summer, right? Like and he ended up staying. And we we appreciate him for that for him, you know, being the guy that kind of lead this young young team with a first year coach and a you know a first year coaching staff and being the, the the veteran of this team. And I feel like that hopefully would help next year because when we look at these teams that win the tournament over the last few years, yeah, you have some teams that may have some star freshmen that go, you know, just go, you know, eight, eight crap, right? But you have veterans. Veterans are the teams that end up getting to the final four. Veterans are what helped you win a national championship. And he is the best veteran that I can think of to help lead this team. And so I'm hoping that he would be, he would see that and say, Hey, I have one more year left with this group. I can help this team get to the promised land and get to a final four, get to a national championship game and help win it. Uh, But Jason, I agree with you. I don't see him actually doing it. And in a way I feel like that's like the spine, right? Like I, I wish him well on that and I, and I support him in that, but I'm being selfish in this regard and saying, Hey, I hope he does stay."
1: I, look, I want to be very clear about something. I'm not chasing Jeremy Roach away. I don't right, want right. this to happen. I would love, I would love to see Jeremy Roach's senior year at Duke. Uh, he, he, he is everything you guys said. He is a captain. He he has been a I wonderful want this player. senior night for him. We haven't yeah. had
2: a senior night in, in yeah. several years. Yeah. where we've had people who gotten that honor. If anyone deserves that, it's Jeremy Rutch uh,
1: look, look, the guy single-handedly beat NC State earlier this year. He was amazing in the ACC tournament and was our best scorer down the stretch for this team. Uh, pr- almost certainly the second-best player on the team to Kyle Filipowski. So uh, by ev- every fiber of my being, I want him to come back. I'm just saying what I think he should do because I think – from the selfish standpoint of his NBA or professional basketball future, I think he needs a year of playing point guard. And then the other thing about it that I would say is just the nature of the way NIL works. I think that Jeremy Roach is the kind of player that if he entered the portal, he could get a number of different schools bidding on him, so to speak. And, and potentially he could really set himself up for some, for a nice payday. Not that Duke doesn't do things to support their players, but I think he could potentially get a better one if he went someplace else. All right, gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back from the break, we got to talk about a few more guards. Dariq Whitehead, Jalen Blakes, Jaden Shute. What will they do? What should they do? Stick with us. No, 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 no. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist can help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional, licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want. So if you're thinking of starting therapy,
2: give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Duke Roundup.
1: Guys, we're back. I think maybe that we're gonna power through these next ones a little bit faster than the last ones because my goodness, I thought I didn't think we'd take as long as we're taking.
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I love the discussion and I hope yeah. the people out there did too, because I thought it was great, but I agree. I think these next ones might be a little more, uh, a little more direct in like, hey, what they should do and what they probably will do. All
1: right. So let's start with Derek Whitehead. I think I know what all three of us are gonna say about this one. Donald will let you go first. What will he do? What should he do? Go ahead and declare for the draft, right? He
2: will declare for the draft. And honestly, I think he should, uh, if he's going to be a first round pick, he probably should. I would love for him to stay like, this is me thinking in terms of Tariq Whitehead's future and his, in his ability and his, you know, future or whatever. But uh, I would love for him to say, but if, if he's a smart man and I know he is, cause he went to Duke university, uh, he should declare for the draft.
1: Sam, where do you stand on Derek Whitehead? <laughs> Derek Whitehead should and will
0: declare for the NBA draft. <laughs> the, the mocks that I was looking at said that he's probably like mid to late first rounder at this point, depending on. And, and to our discussion earlier about like going to workouts and stuff, Derek Whitehead strikes me as someone that like a team could say he's their 25th best prospect today. He could go to workouts and then that team would be like, nope, just kidding. We have him 12th. Uh, I feel like the healthier he gets the which it, it seems like he's continuing to get healthier and looks more fluid uh, in workouts. I just feel like he's gonna crush he's he's gotten he's gotten so much better at shooting uh, his defense has really improved and I feel like over the next couple months he could he could demonstrate a lot more improvement and and become maybe not exactly the the player that we thought he was coming out of high school but a much closer version of that.
1: I'm going to concur with both of you. I, I would love to try and make the argument that Derek Whitehead should stick around, but he will declare for the draft. He should declare for the draft. The reason I think he should declare for the draft, by the way, is I think there's too much risk. He is going to be a first rounder or very, very early in the second round. And and Sam, you're absolutely right. It's entirely possible someone falls in love with him and he goes even higher than that, even higher than you know late first round. Uh, and and I, I think, though, if he came back to Duke and and got even slightly injured again he could start to get that injury bug label if he struggled um taking the ball to the hole and scoring off the bounce then people could go oh wait maybe this guy isn't what we thought he was so i think for him there's some real real risk maybe more risk than anyone else on this duke team so that's why i think he should declare boy i would I would love to see a second year of Dariq Whitehead, like maybe as much as anybody on this team.
0: All all wings. Duke is we're yeah. going for
2: all wings next year. <laughs> all wings, no, no drumsticks. all flats. No flats. No. Yeah, I would say I would say this, right? Like it's funny, right? We we've talked about this during the year. And you know, the fact that he became a three-point shooter because of his injury at the beginning of the season might have made him more of a prospect for the NBA, because the NBA, as you know, they take a ton of threes. And the teams that are at the bottom of the first round, those teams that are actually really good, you know what they do, guys? They take a lot of threes. And if you have a guy who can shoot 43, 44, 45% from three, they're going to take them, especially with the added element of, yeah, he has added potential to drive the lane and yam on somebody. Like, that's not like it's harder to kind of teach somebody who can yam on everybody to shoot threes than it is for someone to. Shoot threes and say, "Oh, they can have the occasional yam." I think the honestly the the fact that he got injured might have helped develop something that teams in the NBA might have thought was undevelopable, and now he's more of a prospect to some of these teams at the bottom of the lineup of, of the first round, especially those who take a ton of threes and make a ton of threes, and he can fit right into their lineup.
0: Every. NBA team wants like four or five big athletic wings who can shoot threes. Like exactly. there, there are, there, there is a, there is a place for Derrick Whitehead's game on every NBA roster.
1: This is true. All right, gentlemen, we will move on to the next prospect. By the way, the last thing I want to say about Derrick Whitehead is the only, the only mild, small, tiny argument I can make for him coming back is that he is one of the few guys who doesn't necessarily need the money because his brother played in the NFL uh, his brother Tahir Whitehead was on several different yep. NFL teams for about seven or eight different years and made, I want to say like $24 million, somewhere in that ballpark. This is not a guy who is um, wondering where he's going to get his next meal. So,
2: And we can we can't underestimate the, I mean, in, in this case, I think it's probably mild, but like for some of these, we can't underestimate what NIL does, right? Because before yeah. it may have been a more stark decision. And now it's a little more clouded because of the fact that some of these guys can say, yeah, I'll come back if I get a little bit more NIL money and that money can appear and they can be happy enough to say, I just don't think it's going to happen in this case.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next guy. That is Jalen Blakes. And Sam, I'll let you go first. What do you think Mr. Blakes is going to do? This is a tough one because uh, I, I don't think. Uh, declaring... Wait, let's, let's go ahead and say it. Let's go ahead and, and admit it. We've gotten some intel on this one, supposedly that I think may have changed where we all would fall on this on this decision.
0: Oh, I must not have read that email. I don't know any. I don't know anything
1: <laughs> about Jalen Blake.
0: I read it. <laughs> I, uh, I I I I need to filter the the DBR podcast emails. We 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 get to we we went from only getting a few to getting a lot, and so things have changed. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, I believe that Jalen Blake should stay at Duke because I think that there is a that there is a legacy for him here that again, maybe this is, I'm maybe I'm too old, but uh, I I feel like guys like that can, can break out as juniors and seniors and, and make an impact. That being said, I feel almost certain that that he is going to decide that transferring is the best thing in the same way that many guys who have come in at, at his kind of level have figured out the last couple of years. And Power to them! Like he he played at a at a in a top high school program. Uh, He was I think he was a four star recruit. Like Jalen Blake should be playing a lot of minutes for a college basketball team, whether he's an NBA prospect or not. And so uh, he probably I assume he's going to transfer.
2: It's this is I agree with Sam. This is difficult. You know how I just talked about Derek Whitehead said I'm going to be you know I'm not going to be selfish and talk about what I think he should do from his sense. I'm going to talk, I'm going to be selfish and Jelly blakes. I, I've loved how he, his commitment to the program. I've loved his attitude to the program. And I really wish he would stay. I think he should stay in that regard. I think from a selfish standpoint, and this is what I think he's going to do is I, I think he will transfer out of the program. And I think it, I don't know where he would go, but I think he is good enough that someone will say, you can be a starting point guard here, or you can be in the rotation here And I feel that if he stays at Duke, that's still a question, right? Like, I'm not going to say never, right? We can always say, yeah, we got these guys coming in. There's no way he's going to be a part of the rotation. But we said, we kind of said that this year. And he, for at least for the first month or so of the season, he was a part of it. But I think that, I I think that he's going to transfer to a place where he feels like he can be a serious part of the rotation, maybe even start and be a guy that can help lead a program.
1: Yeah. So gentlemen, I, I, you know, I actually think, so what will he do? I think he will enter the transfer portal and and look for a different school. What should he do? I actually think that's what he should do as well. And, and the reason for it is as I look at the Duke roster and the guys who are coming in, as I look at the things that Jalen Blakes does well and what he, what he still needs to work on, I'm just having trouble, Finding a path to Jalen Blake's getting significant minutes in a Duke uniform in the four years he's a four year, not a five year player in the four years that he will be in college, and I know. Look, we uh, was it, was it, it wasn't him. It was like his high school coach that we interviewed when when he committed to Duke, and yeah. that guy talked about, oh, this Jalen Blake's really wants to be a four year player and develop. He wants to be on the you know the Jordan Goldwire track. Uh, and, and it made us so excited to hear that. I, I just don't know that there's quite a path for that for him at Duke because of the quality of the guard slash wings that I expect to be in a Duke uniform next year when he's a junior and and likely still there when he's even a senior. And the one caveat I would say for all this is if for some reason Tyrese Proctor turns pro and Jeremy Roach leaves the program as well. Well, in that case, Jalen Blakes needs to stick around because I think there's absolutely a role for him in that case. But if either one of those guys are back, and when you add in Caleb Foster and Jared McCain, and and you add in potentially some development from Jaden Shute, who I think has a higher ceiling at Duke than than Jalen Blakes does, I think it's just hard to find minutes for Blakes.
2: So I will go even further, Jason. I think I, I would take Tyrese Proctor out of the equation. I think the leadership quality is something that we are always in need of at Duke, and something that is very you know like is is held in high esteem at Duke. Right, when you're a captain of Duke University men's basketball, that says something. And if if Jeremy Roach decides to leave to go pro or go elsewhere, tired. I mean, Jalen Blake's is the guy that has the most seniority on this team. And he has the, the wherewithal to know what Duke basketball is about. And, yes, there may be guys who stay, right? We, we we're we talk. We're going to talk about all these guys and whether they stay or go. And some of these guys are going to stay. Some of these guys are going to be a part of this program. But he's the one that has the most seniority after Jeremy Roach. And if, he, if Jeremy Roach decides to go, Jalen Blakes might be the guy that, yes, he may not start every game. He may not play any games. He may just be a guy who gets five to ten minutes or whatever, right? or may not even be part of the rotation, but he has that leadership quality that I think that Duke needs. And so that's why I think uh, I would hope that he stays, but I do think in a selfish way, he needs to spread his wings and fly. And if he can be that leader and also start and play a lot of minutes at another program, then he's probably going to take advantage of that.
0: Two comments on Blake's. And then I think we can move uh, to our final topic. One if Henry Coleman can just decide to leave, then Jalen Blakes can can leave. like don't play the same position, but very much in in kind of the same uh, development timeline and also attitude. At least from from what we've seen of of both mm-hmm. of those guys. Second thing, I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, I don't typically make uh, bold predictions. I don't think this one is that bold. Once I will say it, but my prediction is that next year Ryan Young will be the captain for. Duke I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say that. that's a great call. yeah, yeah. and. That Donald, your point about seniority is interesting because Blake's has been in the program longer. I'd argue that Ryan Young is is more is the more senior member. He's it's not just that he's older. Uh, he hasn't been around Duke as long, but he played college basketball for four years before arriving at Duke and was right. playing for Chris Collins. So I imagine that the transition for Ryan Young to Duke was fairly easy. Rel- it was relatively easy uh, given given his pedigree. And if he is staying like the, like the report that we, that we've gotten the, you know, the, the Chronicle report said, then I think Ryan Young's the captain next year. And it's in, in terms of having leadership, it's not the worst thing for Duke that Blake's is or is not
1: there. All right. We're going to move on to our last guard slash wing. And that is Jaden shoot. What will he do? What should he do? Donald take it first, my friend.
2: What will he do? Stay. What should he do? Stay. That's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sam, where are you? I take the opposite approach. What will he do? Transfer. What should he do? Transfer. I think that uh, he he got a fairly raw deal this year relative to what we thought his his potential was. And uh, I feel like similar to other guys who came in with with shooter reputations who then transferred to other places. Uh, I think that the grass is greener for him elsewhere.
1: So I'm going to say, what will he do? He will stay. I believe that he really, really wants to make it work at Duke. What should he do? He should enter the portal and he should transfer. And here's why. Next year, Duke brings in Jared McCain, who is... uh, Look, Jaden Shute is a heck of a shooter. Jared McCain is a heck of a shooter. And he's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit longer. He's a little bit quicker you know, I think he's every bit of the shooter that Jaden Shoot is. And yet he does some other things a little bit better than Jaden Shute. And to be honest, I think Caleb Foster is also going to be a guy who scores a lot. I think Duke's outside shooting should really jump up next year. Tyrese Proctor should be better than he was this year. Uh, we we bring in uh, we bring in a couple other recruits who are guys who are going to be able to fill it up from the perimeter. Uh, TJ Power is a really, really good outside shooter. And frankly, Mackenzie Mbacco is a guy who's developing a reputation as a decent shooter. I think it's going to be harder and harder for Jaden shoot to get minutes at Duke. So that's why I think he should transfer, but I'm thrilled to say that I think he will stick around and see if he can fight his way into that rotation.
2: Look, I think, you know, at the end of the day, right? Like he has the experience that all those freshmen that you just mentioned won't have, right? He has a year of college experience. Amen. Flip will have a year of college experience. Like, Mark Mitchell, if he stays, will have a year of college experience. All these guys who might stay have a year of college experience over the freshmen that are coming in. And they have an an experience of shooting over college guys. They're playing in that college environment. That's going to be key because they'll know what they need to do to get to that upper level over the summer, whereas they have to also teach the freshmen what that's going to be like. So it's going to be interesting with Jaden Shute because I think, you know, he wasn't – it's not like he entered – the year saying, yo, he's going to be shooting, you know, 18 times a game and he's going to be getting, you know, 30 minutes next year. If he makes the leap, maybe he does, right. Maybe he, like, and again, we can talk about the, we have a whole summer to talk about the minutes rotation, but he has the opportunity to say, yo, I can be a big part of this lineup and not just be a guy who comes off the bench in garbage time. So it's, it's going to be interesting with him, but I do think that I would take the experienced guy of shooting or a year's worth of experience over, you know, and say that, yo, if he
0: can make that leap, absolutely try to keep him. I just feel like for all that we talked about how good of a shooter he was this year. And as long as it took Duke to, you know, become even average at outside shooting, that if he was going to make an impact on this team, he would have gotten more minutes in ACC play. And instead we saw John Shire shorten the rotation, and shoot was one of the guys that that suffered from that. So, I I I just it, it, it doesn't feel like there's there's runway for him especially Jason as you pointed out, if Duke has all these guys coming in who are going to be good shooters then he really has no like place on the floor.
1: So the one thing I would say about it is uh and he did struggle this year. Look, he had the reputation, he had the same reputation that Jared McCain has coming into school. Um, Jared McCain is ranked higher because Jared McCain, again, can do some things Jaden Shute can't. But in terms of being an outside shooter, both of them were considered guys who just lit it up, absolutely tore down the nets from the perimeter when they were in high school and when they were at the AAU level. So why are we sitting here saying, oh, Jared McCain's going to succeed where Jaden Shute didn't really super succeed? And then wait, wait, wait. the One other thing I want to bring up is if, as we all expect, Jeremy Roach is not back at Duke next year. The one position on the floor that I look at and I go, there's absolutely a battle. That is a position that anybody could potentially claim is shooting guard. Shooting guard. And maybe that's, you know, I'm assuming that it's going to be one of McCain or Foster, but maybe that's Jaden shoot. So I, I
2: think this is, might be the, the biggest, like, like conundrum, right? Like 50, 50, like whether he stays whether he goes whatever. Because at the end of the day, we believe in him, right? I still believe in him. I think he can get to
1: the. Oh, no bigger fan than me.
2: Yeah, absolutely, right. Yeah, but at the same time, if he enters the portal, he's also entering the portal on that same belief. If you if you think about it, it's not like he has evidence on tape or any you know any good tape where he can show and say, "Yo, I'm a really good shooter," and they're just not playing me. It's it's going to be a team that says, "Yeah, I believe." he can take it to the next level. I do think he can take the next level. Jason, Sam, I think you do too. I think you should do that here, dude. I mean, and I'm just selfish in that regard.
1: Man, I, I hope it happens. Absolutely, <laughs> me, I, I really hope it happens. I think it'd be just awesome. All right, right, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up for it. On this episode of the DBR podcast, where you went through the guards and the wings, check your feed immediately, right now, because there is probably an episode right on the back of this one where we talk about the big men, where we talk about what's gonna happen with guys like Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski. Until we you got a brief, this, first. We got a brief first. What's <laughs> that? Yeah. <laughs> Until then, I'm Jason. He's Sam. He's Donald. And here's the Duke Band to play us out and take us home.